Hi, Hunters. Thank you for tuning into the Flushman and Dustin podcast brought to you by Nick and Tyler, the boys from Ringnecks and Retrievers. In this podcast, we will talk about guns, dogs, gear, and our successes and failures in the field through our combined 40 years of experience. We speak with hunters just like you from across the nation about their days in the field and the many memories they built with their friends and family. We are excited to have you listen. Now let's get to Flushman and Dustin. Thanks again for tuning into the Flushman Dustin podcast. This week we have special guest John and Jordan, a father and son duo from Spectre Hunting out of Utah. In this episode, we talk about the good old days of pheasant hunting out in Utah and how things have changed since John was a kid. We talk about the many misses, why it took Jordan 11 years to get his first rooster pheasant, as well as the fun times that John and Jordan have had hunting. Ringnecks over their retrievers, talk about their current dogs as well as their old dogs, and many more stories from the field. Stay tuned as we introduce John and Jordan from Spectre Hunting. Dad, you can go first if you want. Okay. Um, so uh, I'm John Child. I'm a nurse, been a nurse for um, about 15 years now. Uh, used to be a welder. I travel for work right now currently uh taking care of patients that's been exposed to like different aspects of the nuclear energy field and before that i was a nursing supervisor local hospital here love doing that hopeful hopefully get back to doing that you know at least uh in a fill-in basis i absolutely love doing that the Travel is mostly for the money. It's <laughs> it's actually unheard of money for a nurse. So nice. Nine. <laughs> hey, hey, that's 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 the uh, only reason we all work, isn't it? <laughs> you know, honestly, yeah, probably. If, if, if I, I wasn't, I wouldn't. But. I mean, if if I could just sit on here and do this with you folks all day, I, that's what I would do. But it doesn't make me any money, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah. Well, and with with nine kids and basically six of them still home they all want three meals a day so yeah <laughs> a lot of miles to feed um so i'll go uh i'm jordan child i'm john's son um i'm uh, a salesman a door-to-door salesman of all of them the ones that people don't like the most but um it's for the money so it's good money but um i uh I have a wife and two kids. I don't think I'll ever have nine kids like my dad. <laughs> but uh, I'm trying to convince my wife that two is enough. But uh, I'm currently doing the same thing. We're having a second <laughs> in December, and I said I'm, I'm done after that. Yeah, I had a boy first, but then when I had a little redheaded girl, that changed everything, man. She's she's going to be the death of me. So she everything they say about redheads is true. But, um, but, uh, no, I, um, we are part of Spectre Hunting. Um, it's, uh, kind of this ambition, I guess, or, or goal or dream or whatever you want to call it of mine to, I wanted to create like a camo. It kind of started out as a camo pattern. Okay. Um, and uh it it turned into you know something bigger and and trying to do like a camo line and stuff and we just kind of started out i started out slow and then i asked my dad if he wanted to be a part of it and and do the social media because he he given his job he actually has a lot of um downtime sometimes with these patients and i noticed that he was always sending me, you know, hunting things on Instagram. And I'm like, you know, he'd probably be perfect for this thing. So um, he took over and he's just been killing it. And um, and we're kind of just running with it right now. But we, we've got some, uh, it's Spectre Hunting on Instagram. We have a Facebook page, which we um, are, are starting to um, do that a little bit. Mostly it's Instagram, but 
Um, and then we just got a website um, or a domain name, but we're, we're having the website built right now because we've got some swag and stuff that we want to start selling. Can, cannot wait to see it. Cannot yeah. wait. So will it be your guys' name.com or was it going to be? Yeah, specterhunting.com. Yeah. Um, luckily, we got that domain name. Nice. Um, so a lot of people send you some photos or whatnot. Are you guys, do you have a way that people can send you those? Is there an easy way people can reach out to you to get you some good photos? Yeah, um, I actually, we have an email now. Um, it's just jordan at specterhunting.com. Um, they can send anything to that. Um, and obviously our Instagram page and Facebook they can just DM us and that's what a lot of people have been doing. Um, it, it's kind of, we try to get as many people out there as we can because we know they like to have their stuff posted. Yep. Um, sometimes we get a lot and we don't get to everybody, but we try to, to post a lot for folks. So, so I see you guys are out in Utah, correct? That's where your yes. yeah. base is. So do you guys have your own land? Do you lease land? What and then all in that land, you know, are you are you, you know, I saw elk pictures there, you're hunting elk, uh, obviously you bird hunt too. Um mm -hmm. I guess just give us a little rundown of that. So um my my dad, uh Jordan's grandpa, we we grew up out here it makes sense but out rural uh from um ogden out west of ogden yeah okay um and i mean me growing up when i was 12 well probably i started i mean to now if i thought about it now and my kids it's like yeah there's no way I'd, you know let them do that but i grew up where you know there was we had Let's see, a neighbor right next to us and another net. I mean, it was hundreds of yards, you know, before the next, like a quarter mile before the next house. I mean, I could yep. walk out. And I think dad has about 40 acres. Okay. But I mean, I, I think I was eight to 10, honestly, when I first got a BB gun for Christmas. And I mean, that was my life is just being outdoors even eight to ten like i said i can't think of you know any of my kids that i would have thought well that's okay just to, i mean that's yeah, what i can do that now <laughs> i out of you know out of school i got home i got the bb gun and just went out and just you know target practice find something and you know and shoot Shoots, at it but shooting uh, sparrows <laughs> so there was yeah there was a few things that you know come about off of the fence posts and barbed wire fences yeah um but when i was 12 which was earliest you could hunt you know at that time you know with an actual license hunting um i had started milking cows when i was 12 helping milk cows so i i was actually earning money when i was you know, 10, 11, 12 anyways. And so I bought my first shotgun myself when I was 12. And my dad worked at the dog pound there in the city in Ogden. And he, I mean, you could give him an address in Ogden and he could tell you what dogs were registered there. I mean, it just, he, I mean, he was there for 30 years. Anyways, I was 12 and he brought this six month old black lab home and so now it wasn't just me after school it, you know I had a companion to be out there with and then luckily she was just a, a natural at finding pheasants and out who, where I who was that again grew up and Heidi? Lived, that was Heidi, yeah. Heidi and when I like I said grew up I had a close friend that his brothers took him they had short hairs and so it was a while yep. before the two of us actually, because I mean, it's 12, you know, before we were old enough to, we can make it to each other's houses, you know, with the dog. So 
it was a couple years before I started, you know, really hunting with close friends. I'd have a person or two that dad had come out that didn't have some place in the city. So they would come out and it's like, oh yeah, my son will be. So as 12, I was guiding men, you know, at 12 years old <laughs> out cool. pheasant hunting. Um, and uh, that just, that's where I grew up. I mean, I could literally walk out the the backyard and, and it was that, it was just me at 12. My dad, nothing against him or what he, but he had done a lot of big game and he had done a lot of, um, he talks about pheasant hunting way before that he quit um, deer hunting the year before I could start. So I started hunting on my own really without, just it was just, thing. it was me and me yep. and Heidi, me and my dog. Like I said, at first it was BB gun. And then once that season started, it just transitioned into pheasants and that country block that i lived on i mean we're my best guess is it's a i don't know four or five hundred acre block that we lived on back then it was there was probably 50 different fields there there was one guy that probably had 20 different little fields and well now over time somebody had bought that when he passed away and you pushed all them fences and ditch banks and rows into one great big one so all these fence bank you know and ditch banks that pheasants had to um hide on yep all went away so yep. all the cover is now gone and then the corn same thing corn was huge they they had the old uh corn chopper that sat off the side of the tractor Mm -hmm. The tractor itself knocked down, if I remember, I think it was four rows to open up a field. Four rows down the side and four rows down the middle. They all just went away, stayed on the ground. Well, same thing now, the chopper's in front of the tractor. There's not a, a stock left. No, they pick them clean. And, and they, yep, they till it and under, on, too, in the fall. And on top of that, yep, they plow it, you know, a couple. sometimes the plow is right behind the the corn chopper if not you know a day or two later and yep so d during the fall as soon as i see somebody's doing a field when i'm home i go out with the kids and try to you know any piece i can Got any corn. any <laughs> any he always I can take find us out I, and we go corn hunting and throw all the corn throw out it off the to pheasant. the side yeah at least give pheasants something <laughs> to survive because it, it's it's hard press now to find I mean, I'll, I'll go out there. There's a couple places. There's, I dare say out there, there's only one other person I can think of that that's pheasant hunted out there as, you know, as much as me. And he hunts a little different areas. So we didn't, you know, we've went together, yep. but that block that I lived on, I dare say there's, there hasn't been anybody ever that knew that block like I did. And like I said, it's transitioned over the years. But I used to be able, like I said, when them guys were, I was 12, 14, 15, you know, I'd come out and it's like, let's go over here. And every little, like I said, some of them were just a little 10 by 12, certain, you know, spot on the yep. uh, slough ditch bank. And it's like, we got to check there. And, but like I said, now I, now I can hunt that whole thing, that whole block, and be lucky if I find, you know, a rooster or maybe a couple of hands. Sometimes nothing at all. I mean, it's just so we well, actually. And then back then, they 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 didn't they change the limit to like six in a day one time, and then it I, didn't they do I, that. I honestly, I for as long as I can remember, it's always just been two. Always been two. Oh, okay. Yeah. I just saw where South Dakota was thinking and i don't know if it got passed i haven't rechecked on it thinking about moving the limit uh to four instead of three yeah so and that then they, there then they were going to change go then they were going to change the hunting hours so i think you could hunt earlier as well if i remember that right yeah. um so yeah so like where were you guys again we're in iowa so south dakota seems 
awful close to being a perfect middle middle ground there because we might have that's to. definitely been on the, <laughs> yeah it is you know it's only, how, how far is that from you guys so we'd have colorado and nebraska ish so a couple yeah, states you kind of, you kind of loop up, loop probably, up be, probably probably be what like a 20-hour drive Maybe. Honestly, I, I doubt no, it. No, it's not. I, I bet, bet it's not it's, 20. So I, I drove from Iowa to, um, God. Watertown. Yellow, Yellow, Yellowstone. Yeah. And it wasn't 20 hours. Oh, okay. So you're yeah, – so you, I mean, all the driving I do is down to the south, so I'm just used to – It's And it's six hours from – so we're, I'm in Des Moines, which is dead center, Iowa. And okay. it's six, six and a half to Watertown which is the east side. And I think Aberdeen is like seven. It's like an extra half hour to Aberdeen. Yeah. So it's uh, seven, yep. seven and a half for us. Yeah, so I'd assume, you Yellow, like, I'd assume you guys Yellow probably be around Stone. 10, 10, I would, I would guess maybe. Yeah. I would, I would a guess would say 10, 12. 10, 12. We do have to go up a little. Yellowstone is pretty much due north of us. Yeah. Yep. But we have to get up. You know, it'd take a couple hours to get up. So, I mean, yes. I, I would guess my, my, I, yeah, 10, 12 with dogs, you know, that you add a few hours because you, yep, get out and so, get them out. So. Uh, what are you guys running now? And then, John, also, how, how'd you get Jordan to hunting and, and, you know, how'd that kind of spring? It was just, you know, did that spring from you going to get the corn out of the fields with the kids to feed the that was, every year? Well, for me, um i think the earliest i can remember is um gosh i had to be four or five maybe and i went up to middle fork with him deer hunting i remember or no no we were we were bird hunting you had when did you have bow dad do you remember bow I remember him. I he got hit with the porcupine. Yeah. Oh, oh shit! That's I remember that. Oh, no, that but there, was, I mean, there, it was. I I know that I've been with him when I was like five, and there's times where he, you know, he'd shoot a deer, and my hands are freezing, and he'd just shove my hands in the guts, you know, <laughs> to keep keep my hands warm, and um, I thought it was so cool, <laughs> um, and then. That, that time Bo got hit with the porcupine and so it, it kind of started there but um he just always took me with him but then that shotgun that he bought his first shotgun that he bought when he was 12 he gave to me on my 12th birthday nice and so and that, yeah. that's that Mossberg 20 gauge pump oh nice still shoots great yeah yeah it still shoots great um but I I remember I went dove hunting with him for the first time and couldn't couldn't hit one for the life of me and um you know after hunter safety and all this stuff and he's like well do you want to there's one right there in the tree do you want to pop him out of the tree and I go but dad they they said that, you know, in hunter safety, and I was like a very by the book, you know, kind of kid. And he's like, oh, it's up to you. And I go, well, I want to get something. And so I popped one out of the tree. <laughs> but, um, but then after that, it was, uh, you know, it was like, oh, going fast. It was just kind of like what we did. I mean, it Jordan, wasn't. When when you got that out of the tree, now you actually hit it though, right? So yeah, yeah. I went pheasant hunting with my uncle and his son, so my cousin, and his son couldn't hit shit, and so <laughs> the dad, the the dad would literally be waiting, and he'd be like, "Oh, because my dog will point." And he'd be like, oh, there's a bird. Get ready, get ready. And he would sit here and wait, and the sun would shoot, he'd shoot, and he'd kill the bird, and he'd say, great shot. <laughs> <laughs> no, so let me, let me tell you the exact opposite of that, which is hunting with my dad. And it took me, get this, this is a true story. 
11 years to shoot a, a wild pheasant. Oh, wow. How many did you miss, you think, before you got that one? Well, I didn't. It's not that I missed. It's that my dad shot him first. He shoot him first. That was, I, I, and I always thought, like, what the hell, man? Are you, are you trying to teach me a lesson or something? And, <laughs> but he's just so quick, and, and he, you could just tell that he gets out there pheasant hunting and um, – zoned in just so yeah he's just so passionate about it and he loves hunting dogs and it's a zone and it's the dogs too it's just i we just we don't like i can't like the dogs let them get rewarded yeah i i agree we have to let the dogs get what they're out there for so but i watch him just shoot i remember one time we shot just barely i mean i was barely like a split second behind him and i hit the bird but it had already folded he had already folded it and i was like oh did i and i knew i didn't but i was trying to like you know trying to tell him like that i hit it but deep down i knew that i didn't hit it you know or i i knew he hit it first and but then um Tyler always tries to pull that shit with me when we're out. Oh, hey. I, hit it, I, I hit it first, and he's like, oh, I think I got that. <laughs> See, I, I always knew. He just always outshot me. And I'd, bring, I'd bring buddies, and sometimes it's embarrassing because, you know, we'd, it, when I was younger, we'd see – I mean, there was one time we went out and we saw – I thought we were in South Dakota. I mean, we had like 11 birds come up out of this patch. and back behind Troy's mom's uh, yeah that's strip yeah and um the dogs were going nuts and it it was it was pretty I mean he boom he shoots one shoots the other rooster and and you know my friends are with me and it's just sometimes it's kind of like oh man dad's hogging everything but it made me a good shot and so um but that that's yeah it, it that's kind of what got me into it was just him just taking me with him and um just wanting to do something with my dad i guess um but when he gave me that shotgun that was pretty cool like and i did i did shoot that um dove out of the tree that was the first thing i've ever um got but uh it was it was 11 years before I shot my first pheasant. Is dove hunting pretty popular out in Utah? I know in Iowa there's like a dove season that's pretty decent, but. I've never been though. I've never done it. Maybe this year. You know, I know. when I when I was growing up, because the limit used to be 15. If I'm pretty, I think it's 10 now, but growing up, the river from our mountains makes it out to the through the country where we live before it makes it out to um, Great Salt Lake. But um, they, they like them trees along the river. So when I was growing up, me and my friend, we'd go out and we could do pretty good. There was a few times where we limited and 15 doves. I mean, yeah, that's sometimes that takes you a hundred shells. But I remember going through a few boxes and me and him run back into town grab some more boxes and come back out and go out that evening but it's it was never like that when i went though yeah it's not you'll hear you'll hear a few shots here and there but it's just just like the pheasant i mean it's almost like it's uh going away um yeah there's not many there's there's doves and same thing dove used to be when i was growing up once it hit September and you get that cold snap, the doves were gone. You might, I remember once in a while seeing a dove into October or that, but you'd never see a single dove after that. There's now doves that you'll see year round. I mean, they're, they're here in the dead of, you know, winter. On, it's you know, adapted so, I mean, a little. It's there. It's just people don't hunt them like they used to. And I'm sure it's, them adapting some but i mean yeah it's it's something that you can 
probably get into, you know, fairly easy. And the, the other thing, part of that is, you know, trying to get permission, which for anything, deer, elk, bird, I mean, that's a, that's a that's part. Tough. That's tough is it any, it, it is, it's, it's rough. So I'm back to that question you was saying before. Yeah, dad has that roughly 40 acres. But my dad also knows every Jordan human being test. on the planet. If it's out here in the country, <laughs> he can tell you who, I mean, from a, a county over, you know, if they're out in the country, dad can tell you and tell you what horses or cows they have. Or, I mean, he's yep. our local livestock auction. He's a, he's, yeah, he's one of the, <laughs> I wouldn't say founding members, but I mean, everybody knows him out there. And so if somebody has land, my dad knows him. So when we get hard pressed. <laughs> not a bad problem that, to have. No, not, not for, for that. No. In fact, the, the guy here that owns probably, well, I know in Northern Utah owns the biggest amount of land. My dad's a close friend of, in fact, the guy's already, spoken for if that's what my dad's wishes are i mean my dad could drive over tomorrow and the guy would cut him a check for his ground and tell him you know live there till you're gone and then you know and and that guy uh well we'll get into a little jordan was going to talk a little more you know about it but as far as we got into trapping a little and you know we've got permission from that guy which like i said you, you the, he owns a lot. <laughs> it's a ridiculous amount. The the ground, how people are running now, where you used to have, like I said, 20 fields is now one, all leveled into one field, so there's no cover. And then the, you know, the, how they're perfecting harvesting, you know, it's leaving yep. no food for them. Yep. And then the predators is the other thing is the predators have actually increased. I mean, it's hard for pheasants here anymore. So what are you guys running now for dog? Are you running labs then now? Yeah, I, I just that, I mean, you, I, I love all, all bird dogs. I love them all. And I've yep. been behind a few that Bo Jordan was talking about <clears throat> that, uh, was he, a by the porcupine. he, he was a drothar actually out of German lines and the guy I got him from had to give him up. I can't remember. I think maybe divorce reasons. But when I got him, and he was a, he was a tall, lengthy. He was a big for Drother. But uh, he said for them to actually be registered in Germany, they had to be proven like on three different type of game, like unrelated, like say deer and rabbit and you know pheasants. They uh, totally to, for them to actually hmm. be registered. So if it had a heartbeat, these, these drothars were, you know, would be it. And that, that porcupine, I mean, he, I don't know. I, I heard well, he one good yelp. Good. We were grouse hunting and I heard one good yelp. So I think he only got him once, but he, he must've been, you know, Jeez. totally open mouth after him because he had some clear down in and buried oh. that the vet had to surgically remove. Man, that sounds horrible. So would yeah. you say that dog compared to your labs? What do you what do you like hunting over more? We so kind of like the labs because they it's Utah. I don't know what it's like in Iowa, but Utah, out where we hunt, it's very, very thick, very tons of burrs, tons like if you have a dog with long hair, and you go where we go, you're gonna have to shave it probably. <laughs> see and that's that I'm not even and that's kidding. the biggest thing with labs is i've had my labs come back covered in burrs oh wow and then when i go back out that night they've almost picked themselves clean i mean i'll pick off you know the big chunks yep but and you can tell the jordan could testify to this you know i've had obviously you know everybody has different levels of dogs and their commitment to the game i've had a couple of of my males that heidi that female i first had they were covered 
because they were in the thickest thing. If there was something, if they thought there was something, it didn't have to have a scent. They were in there anyways, just for the chance that something was in there. Yep. But they would come out covered. And I mean, I, I mean, literally like handfuls where you just out as you're hunting, you try to bend down and grab the biggest chunk out of them you can and toss them to the side. But you go back and let them, you know, rest for the day and go back out that evening. And they've almost as a lab picked himself dry. My, and growing up with short hair, my friend with short hairs, when I started going out with him, cause our seasons in November, there's times for opening. We've had a, a foot of snow and yeah, I'd go out there with him, you know, with his, you know, half white short hair and you can literally see, you know, up halfway up the ribs like where she be yeah they're turning yeah. red because it's so cold yeah and yeah. they're avoiding the water my dogs you know if it if it drops on the ice i've had my labs go out you know half ice there's I've been a couple Kelly. times where i thought i've got to figure out how to make it out through the ice to get my dog back because they went out you know either looking for something or to retrieve something got yeah. out and broke through Ugh. and they'll come I've back seen once they a cup time or two struggle to get back but once they've got back they're right back out you know it's like they're not shivering they're just back and out sometimes they hop know? out there to cool off like you can see the steam you know steam coming off of them and then they they get yeah. down to the water's edge and they walk out break through the ice until they're covered and they're like drinking it like they're cooling off so that they just for where we're at and I, I'm sure for my dad, it's a sentimental thing too. He's very sentimental. So, you know, that being like his first hunting dog and stuff, but I've yeah, that's always kinda, liked him. That's kind of what hit me too. Like my first dog, my parents got me was a black lab. Yeah. And ever since then. Which is and that's, that's why I've liked them because my dad's always had them and um, they're good dogs. They're, they also, they make good pets too, you know? um yep so like when you're not hunting they're fun to have but we we also i don't remember we've had some labs that have had pointer in them but we most of what we do is flush which yep. i like um i've hunted behind a pointer before with one of my buddies and it was like the most leisurely you know that they, they he just had his brake action just draped over his his dad just draped over his forearm the bullet's not even in it just walking and and then his dog would point and goes okay and then he just put two shells in it and pop it up and okay go and i'm like what <laughs> you know i just grew up i grew up where the dogs are my dad's like he's on one he's on one and yep and you see their tail going nuts and you basically it's just like okay it's a whole body coming language out of this thing. patch somewhere yeah. yeah it's a whole body language thing with uh retrievers in general they just they change yeah. the body language big time absolutely yeah, it's like they're on nos and they just go nuts but yep. it's yeah it that for us that's uh i think that the the biggest reason is probably it just makes sense where we're at because they i mean i've seen remember hunter trevor's dog dad he got into yeah. some thick stuff once and it's like that you know it, they had to they had to shave that spot of him because it was like irritating his skin so it was a springer spaniel okay so yeah but yeah, my dad's yeah, had some I've... really really good dogs he's had uh the ones that i remember um rock was really good but he was kind of on his way out uh, when I started hunting, um, but the two the two best in in my opinion, just because they're the ones I hunted with the most, um, were Duke and Pelly. And Pelly, um, I would say, was probably my favorite because that I've never seen the dog get in the zone like he did. Um, yeah. I watched him run through a barbed wire fence. And he just had his nose so close to the ground on a trail and he was just running full speed and he, the barbed wire fence was low and it, it clipped the top of his nose and he front flipped over the fence and it gashed his nose open and you'd be like, Oh, Pelly, And you come here, come here. And he, he'd look at you like, 
what do you want? Yep. I'm hunting. Like he didn't like he didn't want to come to you. He's like, there's a bird over here. It's like he had no idea that his face was just ripped off. <laughs> he didn't he didn't care. So he was he was my favorite dog to to hunt behind. So but my dad's had he's had some really good dogs and they a lot of them they were just given to him. He just found them for free because somebody was giving them away and um and Duke, he'll he'll talk about Duke, but he was really impressive because he wasn't even a hunting dog, was he, Dad? Didn't he? Was so, he just like a pet that people mistreated and and then Duke, he just Duke was so. That's after, what did I after, say, Duke? I think so. Yeah, I think Duke. he did. Yeah. So Heidi was my first real good. Um, like I said, I got her when I was twelve, and. Uh, uh, it was just that we both grew up hunting together. Um, it, it was, I mean, she was, I have no, I, I had for the longest time until just recently had no idea what a retriever truly can do. Um, as far as, you know, not to, not even just duck hunt, but just the, the retrieving aspect of it. Um, but anyways, Heidi, it was just, like I said, it was me and her. If I, I pointed to a patch of weeds that that's where she went, you know, sometimes she, I mean, she went where she was hunting. She, you know, she checked everything along ahead of me, whichever ditch, you know, yep. row, whatever we were, you know, she, she checked it all. But if there was a certain spot I thought she missed that I'd seen something in before or I had, you know, I'd point, she got to where she trusted and no question. I didn't have to, call her name or anything she run back to me you know i just if i pointed my finger that's where she was at but um after i lost her i went through a couple years before i found rock and i i paid at the time 400 is nothing but at that time and where we were at you know is a married couple and probably uh, probably got guess. in trouble for that one <laughs> three to four of the kids you know at the time but uh i i paid a bit for him and got him out and that that first season i had him out we had hunted and i remember opening day there was actually a rooster coming our way somebody else had kicked it up and had shot at it and it was flying our way and it landed about a hundred yards away. So it's one of them you trot over there because you've seen it and seen, you know, you knew it was a rooster. And <laughs> we were right behind, you know, right behind where it landed. And he went in and he had that, you know, going where you could tell it seemed like he had a scent. But when nothing come up, it's like, it's like ah, I wonder how much of that $400 was a waste. You know, it looks like all of it was. And for the you know, that season for several days um, hunted and just never found anything and then there was I remember I was driving to work it was a Thursday because it was payday and I was driving into work and I had him um, in the back driving past this field and there was one sitting out in the middle of the field it's like I wonder if somebody's because you know it looked like somebody had mounted a bird and just stuck it in the middle of the field I pulled over and the bird actually ran right to me and right to the edge and about 15 feet right in front of the truck, right in front of me. So I mean, it was 20 feet away. So there's no reason to get a dog. You know, I just got the gun out, stepped out and it took off and that whole hype of the season and everything. And I'd been several days into it without firing a shot. My first shot, I, I know I was 15 feet behind him. <laughs> but my second shot and he was out there a little bit my second shot I peppered him and I watched him go over and land so I drove over and around and parked and got the dog out and uh, we got over there and the second he um, picked up on that scent I mean he just did a fire and he got the bird up and I dropped him right there in his face and he went over and picked him up. That's all that took. I mean, there, there was an, I'd never, never doubted again after that. I mean, that dog, he, 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 he was always, he was fire. I mean, in fact, he was such a thoroughbred. I know he probably overran so many birds just because when he got hot, he was, 
he was he was going. Yeah. Um, what do you, what do you normally then, do to train your dogs? I mean, obviously that was uh, more of, you know, shoot it, get them a little taste of it. But, you know, when you don't have that opportunity to do that, what are you doing in like the off season now to, to get your dogs ready and to, uh, I guess, train them if you got a new pup per se? So for the longest time, like I said, my long, most experience was, you know, 12 you just walked out with your dogs, you know, in off season and you're, you know, you're 12, you just, Hey, and when there was birds back then, you just, it didn't take much. And then I, when I got a second dog, I pair them up behind was to me, was kind of the biggest thing that I did was just back it up with a, a, an experienced dog. So when rock was getting older, that's when I found that Duke that Jordan was talking about and uh, him I did. I found for free. The guy was giving him away, and I could tell the guy had me mistreated this dog. This dog was um, for a lab. He was a he was an athletic freak. I mean, it, he looked like he was on steroids. I mean, this dog was ripped, <laughs> and I had rock, you know, already. And so I remember that first season where rock was tried and true for 10 years for me and uh we got going out and it was snow that season and there there was one spot where there was a big slough that dropped down from the, all the level fields this was a you know basically a drain ditch that drained you know all the irrigation water and that out and, and it was probably eight foot down from the level of the field and it was 30 feet or so across and depend on how much water sometimes it was you know three four foot trickle through the middle so you had 15 feet of slough on each side of it well we was you know hunting the field and and rock was old enough at that point where he was you know he would hunt himself into a hobble so after you was you know a couple hours into it you know he'd have a noticeable limp but there was no you know stopping him at that point but I remember, and it was it was early. It wasn't like I said. He hadn't. He, we hadn't been out for long. And Duke, the younger one, he was. I think he was a year and a half when I got him. So he was, you know, old enough to be an adult dog. Um, yep. He was going out and scent checking that slough from up. I was trying to get either or both of them down into it, and they would go down a time or two but for the most part they were up top like I said rock was now old enough to realize hey I need to conserve and wait till I smell a reason to go down there but Duke kept set, scent check and go over to the edge and scent check and, and there were one point where I if I would have paid more attention it was he seemed like uh, he knew you know something was up well so at one point we got going down and he actually decided to go down in on his own and so i was sitting here gabbing with my um friend and that jordan you was with us in once it was I you with me so. and greg yeah and we, we were just just shooting the breeze you know not thinking anything of you know all this just the pup rock didn't give me any indication so i paid no attention to the and Duke had got down there and, like I said, scared up a, a nice rooster that we just, you know, watched, vanished in the distance because we weren't ready. I think we popped off two shots by the time he was out there a little bit. But that started getting me to, you know, realize that this guy's – and what I've come to find out with him was not just was he an athletic freak, but that nose on him. He could, he could pick up – on distance like none of the others I've had. He he had a I said he, he was big overall. He could take a lot of air and he had a big head, a big nose and yep. he picked I, up on some distance that others I think as far as like the had. training goes, um I remember being younger and come on, we gotta go down to the red barn and there was always pigeons in there. And we yeah. had a net because my dad would raise pheasants too, but 
Um, uh, but when he didn't have pheasants, we would go and catch some pigeons and then it was, you know, run them through the grass. And yeah, that, I mean, that's kind of, for the most part, I think we, we got lucky with good dogs, but that's kind of what we did is we just keep a pheasant wing or pigeons or take a pheasant from the pen and, you know, put them to sleep, run them through the grass. And that's, yep. that's kind of all we do. And, um, cause I think a lot of it is getting that hot, hot bird, that hot scent flushing up in their face. And, oh, for sure. Because, I mean, we, so sometimes you get the dogs that I think part of it is the dog too. My dad's lucked out with really, really good dogs because the dogs I've had, they, they could care less about that flush that, you know, it, it happens and you shoot it over them and they, you know, they pick it up, but they're like, okay, is that why we're out here? Because that was, that wasn't really for me, you know, so, yep. but that's really, I think all we've done. My dad is now he's he's paid for trainers now that he he's you know um doing a lot better financially and stuff than because some of those like some of those dogs can get expensive and some of that training can get really expensive and so and with him traveling and stuff he doesn't have tons of time so he he does pay for trainers and stuff now because he wants to get the dogs titled and nice yeah. things like that so the other yeah and the other part along with that is like i said for the longest time i didn't really realize what a retriever was capable of doing and getting out in the hunt tests and that and seeing what you're able to guide a dog yeah. you know to a couple hundred yards out blind retrieve Versus, I mean, Jordan could attest to this. I mean, because he's throwing rocks in the bushes. Fair share of dirt clods over. It's like, they'll they'll go. I mean, a retriever, you throw something, they're going to go. It's like, well, it's about where the bird landed down. If I did get a dirt clod close enough, you know, they'll pick up on the scent. I mean, and that, we did that for the longest time. And, you know, most of the time it worked out. I even, I've, I've lost birds that well, some of my good dogs have been 15 yards behind it dropping on the ground out in some open I remember and that pheasant just outrun him and you know at the time I think there was I was with a couple friends so there was I can't remember three or four dogs you know at the time and you know once you ran a circle and had three or four dogs you know run on top of that too I mean I, I've I've lost birds that it seemed like the ground was fairly bare and we were like 15, 20 yards behind it. And we never did find, you know, a time or two, but do you guys, but, do you both use labs? Uh, so I have a, a black lab who actually, I do have a hunting title on him. Um, okay. so, so he is, he's went through the whole hand signal thing and whatnot. And Tyler has two golden retrievers. Yeah. So I, actually, oh, okay. um, I was telling Nick about it. It's actually online training. Um, it's through Cornerstone Gundog Academy. Um, I like I didn't have the financial means, you know, to really uh, to take two dogs to a trainer. Uh, so that's that's who I use. Uh, they have just it's basically a guided online service that they use and have like a private Facebook group you can post any questions you have to it so it's worked out really well for me you know they're not I don't have any I haven't run any hunt tests with them um potentially might next year we'll see but you know it's it's fun just to see them progress uh yeah. training as a younger dog that doesn't listen to their name at all to one that you can make listen to a whistle you know and use your hands like Nick was saying to go left right or back and which is yeah. pretty cool you guys have I think uh sense a picture so you run in you're running two labs right now Mo and uh Coda is that right yeah yep um so have you take are those ones and I know so let's see which one is the black one you said it's out of that's, 
that's Mole, and he's yeah, he's out of about as good as lines as you can yeah get yeah. So where's I guess I'm not familiar with the NFC, Mickey. Can you kind of explain like the background on there? Are they from Master? So he he's national field champ. I think it was 2016. I think, and that's. So there's national field and national amateur, and that's based on the trainer. Okay. So national field champ means he's the number one dog for that year for all of the professional trainers. Wow. So I'm not quite into it enough to know, yeah. you know. So is it a little harder if you're – a professional trainer going against other professionals or is it a little harder if you're an amateur because on Mo's pedigree he does have um on his mom's side uh there's Cody cuts a lean grade which is a national amateur and his Cody's son the guy that owns uh Grady is his name the guy that owns Grady actually titled one of Grady's sons as a national amateur the following year. Okay. So that's actually pretty impressive. But as a national field champ, like I said, it's you're a professional trainer going against other professionals to get the number one seed that year. So and his Mo's dad did that. I think it was 2016, I think. Nice. So what's your goal? I know, Jordan, you said that you kind of wanted to take your dogs through trials. Do you have a certain, you know, like there's different tests you can run or different uh, groups that have tests? Do you know which ones you're going to try to run them through? Or, you know, they have like the NARA and AKC test. So ours, yeah, I've just looked at really the AKC Okay. Tests just to get a hunt test title as it's yeah. know, called. And I know labs, some, um, you know, some people get into the HRC, mm -hmm. the hunting, you know, and, and out here in Utah, it's, it's a limited season. There are people that are pretty into it, but it's, it's a pretty, limited season because a couple things we stay cold enough for by the time people are comfortable putting your dog into water it's usually april i don't think utah has they run tests in may june i don't know if we actually even have some in july and it's limited to find um it's very limited to actually find like um trials yeah like actually field trials as it's um, yep. they're considered. Um, I think there's only once a year that I've heard that they have them in use. So we're pretty limited on, um, you know, without traveling, they're, they're pretty limited. Anybody in the area that has dogs, you can get a AKC title and possibly in a season, but if, if somebody's gone past that or certainly trials, they've they've traveled to to get them titles. Yeah, when I when I was doing Diesel's titles, I had to go to Illinois a couple times, and then uh, Wisconsin. So I was what what title do you have on uh, HRC? So Hunting Retriever HRC, Club. HRC. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So right. you had to do like watermarks, uh, two watermarks two landmarks is like I mean, so you got to do four events so eight events in a weekend i guess is what it is and you got to pass them all and then you move on yeah yeah the the akc uh like i said with covid this year they didn't they shut down the test i don't know if they picked up a couple this last but that the trainer that's had him actually owes me a senior title and so here next year, he, he should be running to nice. get his senior title. Good for him. Pretty cool. How long do you think about the trainer for? Um, so he hasn't 
gone. Same thing with this going on and with the season. Um, I haven't had him at the trainer because just the guy says, you know, it, there's no reason for me to, you know, keep him. He says because he just needs to polish him up yeah. prior to running tests. So here next year, he'll probably take him a month or two before and um, just to get him polished up to yeah. – yeah. Just for the tests themselves. Do you do you guys duck hunt with yours at all? So I used to. Um, so back when I first got diesel, I was living up in a different town, about three hours away from where I am now. And I had a guy that had a boat, and we went out all the time. And he did his first year. We hunted duck quite quite often. But honestly, the last five years we haven't hunted any. So diesel hunted ducks one year and that was it. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna try with my goldens this year. Um I've never duck hunted before, so it's something that I've always wanted to do. And my cousin scored a few scored a few um private ponds with some nice switchbacks oh. all the way around it. So we're gonna try out those ponds. They got some wood ducks and some mallards that sit on them. Um he said they're Saw a lot of ducks out there last year, so we're gonna try it, see how it goes. Uh, I just like the the cool part about the whole like duck hunting for labs or the field trials is really the discipline that you put into the the dogs and yeah. how and, you know it's to me that's that's probably the nicest thing that I found you know of trying of maybe preparing the dog to run a field trial or something is just the discipline that you instill in it and makes it a nice home dog too outside of hunting season which is pretty cool we're definitely gonna have to hit up a south dakota medium trip and see yeah, that's, awesome. that's yeah that's yeah. definitely been that's been on the list for a long time yeah we definitely need to check that one off well you I'm guys a... have been there before right yeah we, this will yep. be our third year going this year yeah so we do, what, do you guys do uh public access land there is yep. that what we do buying? it all ourselves we don't buy okay we yeah. don't buy anything yeah we, we walk i think uh last year i had my i carried my phone with me to see how many miles we walked and i believe it was uh wasn't it was right around 50 like five miles we walked and yeah, it, it was pretty good you know <laughs> yeah i mean you, so you got it there you got to get out there and you got to go to the corners where people aren't willing to go basically. And every time we've done that, we see a lot of birds. Yeah. The problem with last year was, is we saw a ton of birds and the the crops were all in. So, I mean, dogs would take off in the corn. All of a sudden you'd see, you know, 20 birds get up and you can't even shoot because the corn's, you know, eight feet tall. No. It's like, well, yeah. shit. <laughs> so, it's, I mean, we, yeah. it, we, we, have had good luck and you know we always try to hunt a field different from what we think everybody else hunts it to kind of confuse the birds because 90 percent of the time people just want to walk the edge they want to go through the middle um, they'll just so, circle back around and yeah pop back right where they so were so tyler and i literally kept hunted a field where we both went down the middle and then we both looped around the edges and we ended up coming into a bunch of birds it was like i don't know 15 or 20 birds because uh, yeah. we scared them to like one spot and then they all kind of burst it out on us yeah so it, they're they're there you just gotta you gotta be willing to walk and put yeah work. and we do we do some good research before we go you know we use onyx hunt um to try to give us like an idea of where some good spots are um just because there's you can use that map to show you where all the public ground is yeah, yeah. it's so nice so the hardest part is is there's some considered walk-in areas and it's like oh that looks like a pretty good field you know it's off a dead-end road or something and you get there and a, sometimes the walk-in areas are like corn stubble or and there's no grass around it so it's like for waterfall hunting you know like oh, we didn't. or it's a or it's a road that's just like actually not really a road yeah and you can actually drive down it which we've done and then you get there and you can't even turn around or back up so you got to back two yeah. miles down the road because there's no way to turn around because there's water on both sides of you. It's crazy. Oh. So I, I would try to avoid those because that actually pisses us off because you're literally in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing out there. You dump your truck, tire off the side. <laughs> you're, you're done. I don't know what you're going to do. 
Yeah. It's, it's fun out there. There's a lot of opportunity and there's so many places to go that you can continue to go back year after year, which is great. Yeah. We'll have to plan something for sure. Yeah. We're, we're, we're all about like hunting with people. You know, I've got a buddy that loves going by himself, but I just, I don't, I don't see, I don't get to me. That's only half of it. You know? Yeah. I mean the camaraderie, getting to know people, um, getting to see other people's dogs work. Um, that whole, I mean, that's why we hunt, you know? Yeah. You want to build that camaraderie. That's why we started doing this because we wanted to bring our message to people and what we're trying to do and you know uh, we just we like love it guys, so we love it same thing yeah. same thing you got it's just kind of a dream and we decided over covid what the hell let's just yeah let's, let's do, it, do this listen to yeah that's what it's about it's just i mean i'm pheasant hunting now and i the first i first bird i ever shot i i mounted because it had like a lot of pink in it, believe it or not. It was kind of cool. Um, and then the second bird, my dad was actually pretty close to it. Um, and he missed his three shots. <laughs> and I was pretty far away. And I dropped two of mine out because I had a three and a half in. Because, you know, sometimes ducks and Three geese and fly over. <laughs> it, it, it's just in case, you know, just in case. But, hey, he was far out there, and I dumped my two out, and I shot that three and a half, and I dropped him. And he had a 23-inch tail on him. Oh, nice. That's, good and so, That's a good tail. Yeah, he's, he's a big bird. He's on my uh, – he's right by my fireplace now. But um, – but, uh, now i've got those and it, to me half the time i don't even shoot i'm just out there to be out there with the people and yeah. and i've kind of just taken up the job that i'll shoot if if my buddies have missed you or, know or yeah if you're, you're gonna or if miss you're, i'll shoot it or if your dad's not with you because he out shoots anyway so yeah, yeah he does well, I, I, was <laughs> I, got, gonna... I got him i'm pretty good now after 11 years of getting bested but I was going to say for the record, them three missed shots were just at the ground because I knew he'd went 11 years without. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. You looked at me stunned because you don't know how, you know, you're, I don't know how I missed those. <laughs> the I think they had blanks in. They uh, went through yeah. the washer or something. They. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first time I, the first bird I shot, I only got because I, he couldn't shoot at it because of where it was. It, I, I, mean, was, was it, I was in between him and the, no, I was in between you and the bird. So he came up out of that uh, slough and he came up to my right and you would have had to shoot right over my head to shoot at him. So I, I had the only shot. That's the only reason I got that one. But, but that other one, that was straight up just getting bested. By your son. <laughs> Must have been side to side. <laughs> awesome. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, we'll plan something for sure. I think that'd yeah. be great. As we do it, be fun. We're just we're running out of we took up trapping this year because it's like it's kind of a joke now. And it, I think it's hard pressed to find birds. Yeah. And I think it I think that this is gonna help because I mean I can't crew got like seven fox in this oh, little wow. spot um we probably got about eight or nine skunks out of there probably 15 raccoons out of there jeepers yeah and this isn't even at a big area this is, this is yeah like, this is maybe like 60 70 acres that also we hunt and we pulled all place. of that out of there so we're just gonna i'm just and i love trapping now so i'm just gonna keep trapping it every year and we're gonna let some go and hopefully that'll help but we it it kind of it kind of puts a damper on things when you love love pheasant hunting so much and you're hard pressed to find anywhere to do it so we we almost kind of have to go to somewhere like that just to get a good hunt in yep get our fix yeah definitely so well guys i appreciate you guys taking the time it's 
Yeah, thank you very much. No, thank you. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I appreciate uh, you guys reaching out, really. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's plan a hunt. Let's uh, plan another podcast. And hell, if we do a hunt, yes. we, can do a pod- we can do a podcast with the hunt. When you come out yeah, with your gear, when you come out with your gear and your website, I mean, we'd love to, um, we'd love to hear about it. And uh, yeah, we'll send some to you. Awesome. You know, know know what you guys are are coming out with because uh, obviously, you know, we we love that kind of shit. I, I got so. it. I'm I'm not supposed to say anything about it yet, but I got a hunch you guys will you guys specifically will actually really like it. Nah. You'll see. You'll Perfect. see why. You'll see Perfect. why. Perfect. Perfect. We can't. Perfect. Thanks again, guys. Hey, guys. Yeah. As always, flush yeah, dust you. them. Thank you yeah. very much. Have a great night. All right. You Talk too. To you later. Bye. Yeah. Thanks.